Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Happy Throwback Thursday, everybody. Happy Throwback Thursday. You've got us this week. No wet sets this week. Together again for the first time. What's that from? Oh, Young Frankenstein. Oh, thank you for that. (laughs) I like that show. I had a fun time. I went to the Gypsy Run years and years ago, and it was... It was a raucous. Remember Gypsy oh. Runs? Remember that? Rob? What do we call them now, though? Can we call them Gypsy Runs? Oh, shoot. No. Oh, it, man, I'm not allowed to say that. No, but no, no, no. That's, <laughs> listen, somebody. Was, gypsy Run was somebody the name, wa- what we called yes, it. Yes, somebody invited then. me to one yesterday and called it a Gypsy Run. And right. it was somebody who was very proactive about changing the name of the legacy road. But yet they still called it. Yes. Okay. All so right, until we fair. hear otherwise, Fine. guys. So Gypsy Run was when uh, the, the final dress of a Broadway show. I don't think they do them as much nowadays, but I went to Curtains. I remember going to Gypsy Run. I went to Young Frankenstein. And you Usually, because I, I was in a show at the time, and so it's your off night is like a Monday night, and then you, Look at they, you, would, you in, actor. They, they would invite all of the companies to come see the show. So it ended up being like this really fun, you know, evening. And tr- you know, you read about it in books, and you hear about Gypsy. Our guests have told us about. Oh them. yeah, you know, like in the '60s and '70s, it was like a real thing where all of the chorus gypsies would all go to see their their well and chorus people. It, maybe I don't know if I'm I'm correct on this. Wasn't it like back in the olden days? It was done on a bare stage. Mm. Because the show was then going out of town, right? So it was the sh- you saw they the show would before. Rehearse. Yes, that's right. And it was usually rehearsed at a Broadway theater. That's right. That's so right. it was like representative pieces of everything. Exactly. Yeah. Huh. Oh, well, the As good old days. To now, which is like, oh, jeez, you're seeing the full show, everything. Yeah. I know. Anyway, oh, I miss those. Runs. Anyway, hi. Okay. Hi. I wish hey. I could go back in time and be in one of those. Oh, I do too. I want to see the Gypsy Run of Applause with Leroy. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. I'd want to see the gypsy run of of West Side Story. I, oh. I feel like that was... It, it, they, people didn't know what to do with it, I feel like. It was so... why Because Music Man won the Tony that year. You, you probably know? would have been snarky and been like, what's this snooze fest? <laughs> snooze fest. Classical let's, music and ballet and a musical? Let's go to this Howard Johnson's. 
Hojo's. Let's go to Hojo's. That was here when I moved to New York on the corner of, yeah. uh, like, right by the Lent Fontaine Theater. And it it's right not down there, there anymore. And there was that Harlequin Studios that we talk about sometimes. Yes. Do you remember that? I remember Harlequin any, Studios. Uh, any, any listeners that were, uh, did, you know, treading, ran, you know, ran around in, in the, the 80s. And that, that's where you would go. And the, the studios were so nasty. They were and there was gross. a guy, he would, like, open his book, this big ledger book. And Nothing like, was computerized. Yeah. No, it was so scary where's that money staircase going up a very steep and narrow staircase I was say, ah, 15, yeah. very narrow stairway yeah it Thank was you. very oh harlequin man those were the days well anyway well, also speaking hi. of things that have passed oh yeah that good transition. kevin you have a list well we have a couple people that we lost in the last two weeks that and i was if one of them i thought did we interview mark bramble but we we never got to he was to on him. our list and we never got uh, to mark him. bramble who you know gave us 42nd street among many other things but he was a great writer uh, Hugh Forden, who who we lost, well, I would have loved to have a chat with him. He's now who exactly was Hugh? He Forden? was a behind the scenes. Uh, he created the record company DRG Records, which put out a lot of cast albums. He started it in the seventies and was pretty much running it until he passed away. You know, he's like eighty three, oh, I think. Wow. And he was he gave us a lot of cast recordings. He was he wrote many. He wrote a biography about Oscar Hammerstein the second. He was just a, a behind the scenes personality and uh, presence that really gave us a lot of history and a lot of the recordings that we have today. And I think that he's someone that we. Should celebrate because um, a lot of the things that you listen to, listeners, are because of Hugh Ford. And, Thank you, uh, Hugh and Andre Previn. Um, great, great, great uh, composer, great conductor, great you know uh, everything. I mean, he was like a true oh. consummate musician. He wrote he wrote um, the musical uh, the Coco. Yes, he did. You know, and he wrote other things. You know, th- there's a great song that he wrote with uh, Betty Comden and Adolph Green that uh, "Thanks but No Thanks." That's a great song. Um, that's, that's, that's the story of my life. Well, th- thanks, that, but no thanks. Well, that was which was also when we asked Sondheim if he would be on our our podcast. Sondheim was very sweet to when he responded to me, but he said to quote Betty and Adolph, "Thanks, but no thanks, Kevin." And I thought, all right, oh. well, thanks for quoting, but. Thanks for quote at least turning us down hey, with like a song lyric. I'll take it, and not one of his own. No, classy, 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 classy guy. Um, so anyway, yeah, Mark, Mark Bramble, Hugh Ford, and Andre Previn. I uh, just, I just took note of them um, and their passing because they, they were, they gave us a lot in our business, and you know, we always want to try to capture their stories before we lose them. Yeah, I th- Mark was on our list, but yeah, he was. I, but he was young. Yeah. So it was one of those, like, oh, we'll get to him. Yeah. You don't expect... Yeah, yeah, totally. Somebody asked me yesterday, they're like, oh, did you ever interview Marin Mazzi? And I was like, no. She, she was 57. Like, yeah, what, like, we thought, oh, my God, like 20 years from now, we exactly. get to her. No, exactly. You know, my God, it's just so sad. Know. It's just, you know what I heard, and I don't know if this is true? What? Um, Kiss Me, Kate. Yeah. Revival is happening right at Roundabout. That's right. Right next door to us. And in the opening, the prologue, Kelly O'Hara yes. comes out. And she's wearing Marin's hat from yes. the revival. Is that true? Yes. That's really How classy. Is that? That's really sweet. I loved that 1999 2000 revival. I saw it three times. I think that was perfection. Yeah, that was I musical comedy that. perfection. I've got to see this one. Obviously, I mean, I'm excited to see. It. I love the score. I think Kiss Me Kate is wonderful. But boy, that Marin and and it was beautiful. Brian that was Stokes. Oh my god, that, that whole was so good. And what I really appreciated about that production. And had you seen the show before in any other incarnation? No, I was very new. I had seen a couple of them beforehand, and I thought it was really impressive to me that Michael Blakemore, his direction, not only did he make the, the numbers work, obviously. The book scenes were hysterical, but yes. the Shakespeare was really brilliant, and that's rare. I don't think you see that a lot. He's a brilliant Kate. director. I mean, he's a very smart. Oh my smart god! Guy. It, it showed, and and he won. He won that year. He did, and well deserved. Yeah. Um. I, you know, I always wanted to see in Kiss Me, Kate. Who? When they were. I think they could still do it. What do I care? Kevin Klein and Meryl Streep. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, 
Yes, Meryl Streep. Yeah, like Kevin, Kevin Klein and Meryl Streep. Unbelievable as the two leads. Oh God, like, just give it to me in concert. Like, go to Lincoln Center. Come on. Somebody guys. was saying to me that Kevin Klein done. gets offered a lot of stuff but turns it down, and his name is—I don't know if this is true—Kevin Decline. Oh, really? But <laughs> like, nickname. present laughter. He was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll do that one." Well, that's such a perfect role for him. Uh, yes, it's it like is. that's like it's true. Fits like a glove. Right? Did you see Andrea Martin has left Gary? <clears throat> yeah, interesting. Broke four ribs. I cannot believe that she broke four what ribs. What do you do? Are you, what are you doing in that show? I was like, what did they do? To it's her. She's fine for Pippin when she's hanging upside down <laughs> on the trapeze thing, but then she, this thing she can't. But in a four character play, shit. she's down. God. God, I love her so much. She's so funny. I'm, I was so. You've got all those SCTVs, uh, the, the old TV. I want to get TV. her on this show because it, we need to get her on, on show. SCTV. Some of her impersonations included Linda Lavin, so specific, and Phyllis Newman. <laughs> they used to do like That's a Merv like, a Merv Griffin sketch, yeah. and she would play like the guest that was always on Merv Griffin. And I'm like, who the hell does a right. Phyllis Newman right. impression? <laughs> Holy. As soon as that's one of those people that I'm like, please come sit by me. Exactly. <laughs> you're come you're a winner. You're, you're a winner, winner <laughs> in my book automatically. <laughs> Speaking of things um, going away, dignity. Um, we have Your to talk, dignity? Not my dignity. No. We have to talk about this because it's making the rounds. Magic Mike auditions. Oh, Robert, did you already uh, do your video submission? I'm offer only. Okay. All right. All right. My feeling is, is I'm a little too ripped okay, I for everybody, and yeah. I don't want to intimidate them. Uh, Pearl Studios. Magic Mike auditions. Do you know what happened? Oh, Rob, I don't think anything in our business <laughs> has has gotten around so quickly, so stinkily, folks, as as the great poop. I don't know how to tell you this. Somebody pooped on the floor of the Magic Mike audition. The holding room, right? In the holding room. Yeah. Not even dancing and like they yeah. lost control. No, picture it though, you guys. Sicily. If, if, picture it. <laughs> Pearl Studios, 2018. It's if um, actors, you definitely know what it looks like. But you guys, these holding rooms. Uh, for those of you who are not auditioners, it's uh, it's crazy. It is the reason why we call it cattle call is because it really does feel that way. You, there's so many people in these rooms. You're shoved. There's bags everywhere. There's people. Going like mommy, me, mo, moo. People warming up, stretching everywhere. So you can just imagine how did someone drop a deuce in Pearl Studios and get away with it? <laughs> so, and it, it, people found out within like two hours. I mean, it was all over social media. Rob. I'm sorry. Right now, I'm reading audition update. Um, and on uh, backstage and the title audition update is where you go to find out what the auditions are today and like how, how are they going who's in the room is it busy blah 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 um, it's <laughs> the title is the mystery pooper oh my god um, and they said it wasn't now he, now here's the best part of the story <laughs> is the monitor walked up to the person that was concerned because they didn't know what they were concerned about and said what are you concerned about and said somebody pooped on the floor and you're stepping in it the monitor no. the monitor stepped in the poop <laughs> That is so nice. So I, I'm sorry, guys. Oh, I, I th- there is no dignity left in this world. It's amazing. So, but now here's what I heard. But Ye- yes, please. <laughs> Yesterday, somebody pooped at Ripley. Are you serious? Yeah, I did. I, th- I thought someone was joking when they said that. I, I no, heard that, but no. I thought it was a joke because this is gross. Somebody took a photo, no. spread the photo around. No. So I saw it. So now it's become a thing. So somebody, I don't know who is doing this, but I kind of want to get the weirdest. Reach out to us. Fetish. We'll put you on the podcast. <laughs> we'll we'll hide we'll your identity. We'll saran wrap. We'll hide the your equipment. identity. We'll, we'll hide your identity. We'll disguise your voice. Yep. We'll bring diapers. We'll it's bring diapers. Whatever you need. But we want to know. We want to know. Like what, so, what's this all about? Why? So folks that are like, I wish I lived in New York. No, you don't. 
No, you don't. It's bad enough when you see the poop on the subway, but uh, the fact that someone's doing it in no. your office, not good. No. And you still got to get rejected after that, too. I mean, I, and then you got to get. <laughs> <laughs> I made a joke on Facebook. I said that, you know, um, <laughs> it actually it's not somebody's poop. Somebody dropped their non ec paycheck from SpongeBob. Oh, which exactly. we should talk about. We definitely should talk about this because you're you're a member of Actors Equity, I am. Kevin. I so am a so so th- tell us every, tell everybody well, what's let happening. Let's just give a little. Uh, I will try to do a little. I haven't done a lot of research, but I will try to give a little history as as I know it. We're talking about national tours, everybody. First Broadway national tours, and, and in the day when a show was on Broadway, and if it was a hit, even if it wasn't a hit, it would go out on a first national tour, meaning it would hit all of the big cities. All of the actors were union actors, meaning that they got paid a, a union wage. Usually, it was like a Broadway wage, and then what started to happen in like the late 90s, early aughts, uh, where a lot of t- producers decided that they weren't going to go equity. They were going to go non-equity, which means that they don't have to follow any rules. They can pay their actors whatever they want to pay them. Um, and some, if you're a lead, you might get paid 500 bucks a week. If you're in the ensemble, you might get paid 150 bucks or 200 bucks. Um, and so they started putting them out. And a- Actors Equity then said, well, all right, we got to compete with this because we still need to have union actors being hired. So what they did was they, they, they made this tiered system. So then what big shows could go out with a tiered contract where the actors weren't getting paid as much as they would if it was a big first Broadway national tour, but at least they were union actors. At least you were getting your weeks and all of that. Well, now it seems that we're back into the non-equity world again, and uh, SpongeBob, and you said Margaritaville is the other show. That's, it, it is a, a Broadway show that's going out non-equity. And usually a producer has to show or prove that they're, they would not be able to make their money back if they hired all equity people because it's it's at the end of the line the bottom line it's all money and and these but these producers make will make hand over fist and money and it's I just have a hard time believing that a, a, a title like SpongeBob SquarePants is going to go on the road to Boston to Philadelphia to Toronto to all these big cities and not sell out and not make their money I just have a really hard time believing that it's three shows it, sorry somebody's singing next door yep um, it is. Uh, uh, SpongeBob, yep. Escape to Margaritaville, Escape to Margaritaville, which sorry. is the yes, Jimmy I Buffett the musical, whole, right? And Bandstand. Now, Bandstand. This is my opinion. Bandstand ran a couple of months on Broadway, did not make its money back, no. um, and I think has every right to say, "Listen, yep, we're non-equity. There is nothing recognizable about this show yep. that's going to sell it on the road." They had a hard enough time selling it in New York, yes. with Laura Osnes and Corey, like name and Beth Level, right. like name names, yeah. yeah. Um, so my feeling is, is you want to go non-ec? Great. That, that makes those total sense. Make sense to me. That yes. makes sense to me. Margaritaville is a Jimmy Buffett musical. Jimmy Buffett, a person who's got such a huge following. They're building a fucking hotel for him. I know. In Times Square. They have names Le- for his fans. Parrot Heads. The Parrot Heads. There you right? go. Yeah. And then there's SpongeBob, which I'm sorry. That's You're telling me that's not going to sell out? all over the country and these people are getting I don't have the exact numbers in front of me but it was something like 550 a week for principals and like 450 a week for ensemble I should just pause here and tell listeners that for equity minimum when you go on tour now if it's a first national uh, the it's like close to like but 2000 a week you know yeah. and then plus a per diem that's like over like 800 or something now now so it, <laughs> from a producing standpoint <clears throat> I absolutely understand that you want to make as much money as possible, but come on, yeah. come on! Do the tier and I'm sorry, this too. isn't like a broad. This isn't a sit down. 
This isn't like they've got a residence for a while and they got a home. These are people who are going to do it, then get on a bus and then go somewhere else and then on another bus and another bus and another bus. There's there's no stability here. Mm -mm. So how how is this possible? How is this possible that both of these shows, which I have a very strong feeling, are going to do very well on the road? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, also, they, they still charge the same price for the tickets, everyone. So, like, it's not like, oh, oh yeah. well, it's a, we're going to tell all the audiences that it's non-equity. No, they don't know. They think they're seeing the Broadway show. They're calling it a first Broadway show. So they think that this is all, not to say that there's not incredibly talented non-equity people, because they are incredibly talented, but it's not the same as hiring all union actors. It just is not the same. I just did some math. Yes, sir. Five fifty a week. All right, for principles. And let's imagine there's 10 principles. Mm-hmm. You know what that costs? $5,500. A week. Now, let's imagine the ticket prices are $100 each. They have to sell at least 55 tickets. Done. <laughs> 55 tickets. Yeah. You're telling me that? Yep. Sorry. Don't toss the table. So what do we do to fix it? So well, how does I, how does this get fixed? Well, so what? what that's why equity often says to put in your bio, you know, proud member of Actors Equity, so that we're trying to train audiences to to know what the union is, so, so that the people in the regions, when they go to the theater, they know that they're not seeing an equity show; they're seeing a non-equity show, even though they're paying the equity price. So they're they're still it's part of the subscription, right? So it's trying to teach audiences. I don't know how effective we are at teaching them and, and explaining what equity is, but I think that's that's one way of informing. Um, but it, I, it's the producers always win. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest yeah. here. Like, come on. And Even I hate the lab I mean, rat thing. I mean, it was like, yeah, we got a deal out of it, but it's you know the producers they hold everything. I mean, they are they have the power here. Absolutely, because they can always say we're not going to hire. Yeah. And also, I hate to say that they're not stupid. You know, no, uh, well, know what doing. now Equity I think is saying. Correct me if I'm. They're now putting these these three contracts, maybe not bandstand, forgive me, maybe it might not be bandstand, but I know at least Margarita and SpongeBob are on a do not work list. Yeah. So even though it's non-equity, equity is saying these are do not work lists, and if you take the job, it might prohibit you from entering actors' equity at some point. Oh well, wow, I would be know as, that. that so was, even as a non-equity person, like that you was, do that, then yeah. That was the big controversy yeah, with not a lab rat, which was they were telling everybody that if you had EMC points um, or you were looking to join equity at some point and you had participated in a reading or a lab that yeah. was part of the Broadway uh, league, you were not going to then you would right. not be allowed at entrance into actors equity. That's tough. That's tough. I don't know. It's t- I mean, there's so much stuff going on. I, but you're right. The producers always find a way of, mm-hmm. of winning because even this lab rat thing, they got a raise, which they deserve because they hadn't had a raise in what, like right. 10 years or seven yeah. years or something like that. But then this idea of profit sharing, it only comes in like after a show makes like $10, like $10 million. Right. No, it's like Some way, like astronomical yeah, it number to... or it's been running 10 years. Something <laughs> bizarre like that. So, And it has to be like a hit. It has to be Hamilton. Oh, no. It's got to be like a Book of Mormon. It's got to be, it's gotta like, be Book yeah. of Mormon or Hamilton. Which, I mean, this is a high-risk, high-yield business. So it, I, I guess that makes sense to me because you just can't have – you'd be throwing it around for every flop show. you know. But. Which, But still, this all goes back to my main point, which is somebody <laughs> took a dump on the Pearl studio floor. I got nothing. I got nothing, folks. Got we nothing. got nothing. You know, we do have my favorite thing. My favorite thing. Let's do it. I have one and a half. What? Yeah. 
What? Well, because I, I have one, and then it led to another one. Thank you, Kevin Daly. Um, so, you got a one point fiver. Yeah, I got a one point fiver. So this is so this is favorite things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So doing yeah, a lot. Yeah, okay, with great, like, great, with great, great. On the end of it, couple of S's. Uh, so this, I think you probably saw this. I hope you have. I uh, see nothing. <laughs> it's, this is an episode from a TV series. That was Harriet Harris. Sorry. And that was pretty good. That was a good Harriet Harris. Really quickly, and She's then I, very the, funny. Hold on, I'm going to do a Harriet Harris for you, and then we can go back and great. Your thing. Let's okay. do it. Let's do it. <clears throat> they don't know. I'm hotter news than Doza, Helen Hayes, and Ben Hart all in one. They're on top, and I look like a loser. Wait and see who's standing when my play is done. So welcome all, you fine young ladies. You're checking in to Hotel Hades. I won't stand by while critics praise ya. You're getting shipped, here she comes, to Southeast Asia. Thank you. That's pretty good. Well, you know, I'm trying. It was like Harry Harris, Mrs. Mears. Like that was that was great. That, that's yeah, who it was. No, it really that was, was her from. Was her, that was her from Millie. Oh, I remember. I didn't know. I didn't know anyone knew all those lyrics. But I'm very impressed. That <laughs> my, you do. <laughs> my, my problem is anytime someone says like, "Oh, that's my skip song on a CD." Yes. That's usually like, "Oh, that's my favorite. song. That's your song. favorite song." Yeah. Yeah. We've people are like, about this people before. like, oh, I always skip. Uh, they don't know, and I'm like, "What? How can, that's my? That's the only <laughs> song I listen to." <laughs> I skipped to track eight or nine. <laughs> What's going on here? Like you're timeless to me in Hairspray. Skip song. Not no. No, I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna say that. Like this from Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. <laughs> One of my favorite. I can sing all all the lyrics for you right Kill now. Me. Oh I've got gosh. no shame. Oh my god. Oh my. I'm sorry. I Thank apologize. You. No, One no, no. I, love I it. apologize. Oh, God, that was a good one. Thank you. I have nothing else. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, so I have one episode from a TV series that's a recent TV series. Uh, it is uh, sort of a, it's a really actually a very novel idea for this this whole, there's been three seasons now, and this is episode three of the third, you know what it is. Mm-hmm. It's episode three of the third season. Uh, this is, the series is called Documentary Now. Yes. It's created by Fred Armisen, Bill Hader, and Seth Meyers, all SNL people, all very, very fun comedians uh, and, and writers in their own right. They're the creators, writers, and uh, ex- executive producers of this, this. I didn't even know about this series until this episode came out. I have have no you not idea. seen the Grey Gardens parody? Oh my God, no. Or but the I Spalding was obs- Grey one? Oh no, my God. No, okay. but I was obsessed with Grey Gardens, so I need to watch that. Well, this is a, this is a spoof on the Penny Baker uh, Company cast recording recording. And so this is a an episode, a 24-minute episode that is, it, they even like filmed it in the style of 
of of the original company cast recording making of. And so this is episode three of, of season uh, season three episode three, uh, and it is it's called co op c o o p. They couldn't afford the hyphen, <laughs> the producers, so it's just co op, and it's about uh, about people who live in a co op in the seventies and 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 the shenanigans. Alex Brightman's in it. Uh, Renee Elisa Goldsberry's in it. Um, they you see Richard Kind is in it. Um, Paula Pell is in it. Thomas G. Shepherd. You can totally see he was a previous guest. You can see them spoofing him. You can see them spoofing Sondheim. Um, I, I think it is so brilliantly brilliantly done. And I just read an article on Vulture about uh, the making of it and how you know the, Seth Meyers and and uh, John Mulaney and all of them. They they really you could tell that they love that that recording and they loved that 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 documentary and they also really appreciate musical theater Eli Bolin helped them write um, some of the, the music and help focus the songs because they are direct parodies of Sondheim songs I mean like another hundred people they even did the orchestration was very similar and it's very tongue-in-cheek but they take it very very seriously and the lady Paula Pell who does this <laughs> just the stretch is is just so I'm dead it's so brilliant she's amazing it's so funny and yet she's not putting on a voice to be stretch but but the attitude, the way she is, is, is just very, very funny. I gotta go. Bye. Like I previously said before we started recording. It's so good. It's fantastic. And I guess a lot of stuff was left on the cutting room floor because they just didn't have time for the 24 minutes that it took. But they they really, you could tell, they really, really, really respected A, Company and Sondheim, the, the documentary that they made. And if you haven't seen the original documentary, I mean, where have you been? But you check that out from 1970. It's so incredible. And then watch this. And then as a follow-up, my good friend, our good friend, Kevin Daly, reminded me. 1.5. The 0.5 part of 0.5. this is after you watch that, and it's on IF. FC, the independent film channel, and I, if you have like a cable subscription, you can you can just find it. You can you also know. buy the episode, I think, for two ninety nine on iTunes. Yes, that's right, exactly, yeah. and on Amazon as well. Uh, but then you can go to YouTube and type in. I don't. I never knew this until Kevin recommended it to me. Type in Chris Elliott. Oh, making of the cast album for Housewives. Yes. From oh, the David Letterman show. My goodness. This is must have been 15, 20 years ago when David, remember when D- David Letterman switched to CBS? Yeah. From the, so it's right after that. He had Chris Elliott, who you would know him. Obviously, he's like, he was he's in on all those Schitt's movies. Creek. But he's in Schitt's Creek. That's yeah. what he's in now. I mean, God love him. He's so funny. But he made all these spoof, you know, five minute videos. And so this is him. Making of the, the, the song, they even says it's the Sondheim musical Housewives about a, just every day in the life of a housewife, uh, which is very much a send up of just a housewife as well from working. But um, they uh, and <laughs> it's him, Astrich. He's where he wears a button up, you know, the button up stretch costume, you know, with the tights on, and he's very much him. He's not he's not in drag at all. I mean, he's just dressed as Stretch with glasses on and everything. And he he has they do the whole thing where he can't nail the song and he's having a hard time, you know, doing the right, you know, nail. The number they say is he drunk and he drops some bottle of, or like you know like a, one of those you know the flasks. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh! And uh, and it's it's very much in the same style as this the the the, the documentary now one. Um, but it was just it's just really funny that they that made it on television late night television that they were doing a, a sketch about making of a cast recording. I just that blow, rocks me and it, it's very funny. He's he's really really funny in this. They <laughs> you know the cast singing doing like Bella Signor. <laughs> like doing those stupid warm-ups. I don't know. I get a kick out of it. It's five minutes of your time. You should definitely check it out. Chris Elliott making of the cast album for Housewives! <laughs> Exclamation point. And then before that, go to IFC or buy the episode for uh, the uh, co-op documentary co-op. now. Boy, it's just fantastic. Co-op. Oh, man. Those songs are good. Those songs are really good. Yeah. 
Um, and so I've got to check out all the other episodes because I didn't know that every single episode is shot to celebrate or to send up a, yeah. a specific documentary style because they totally go. I mean, the Penny Baker, it is, it is shot and they, they take pains to really nail those shots. Like, when you, when you watch the other ones, that's how they do it. It's an accurate recreation. They use this, I believe they use like the same cameras yeah. or the same type yes, of cameras. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. It's just amazing. It's very well done. So yeah, they're um, great. Those guys. Yeah. And John Mulaney, who wrote a lot of this episode <clears throat> yes. is a huge musical theater. Not that. Huge. And his impression of Stephen Sondheim huh. is hysterical in this thing. <laughs> when he's trying to give her the pronunciation. Ruined. 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 Say, then he, he makes him, what is he She goes, I'm very intimidated by you now. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Fantastic. So there you go. There you go. And, whoever, and it's, oh, what's his name doing? Thomas Shepard. It's the guy, Taron Killiam, right? Yes. Yeah. He sounds just like no, Thomas. And he looks Shepard. like they're like annoyed and frustrated the same way. Yeah. I can't wait to go back and watch the original again. It's now. so good. Yeah. It's so so good. So that's 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 the celebration today. That's I love that. It's such a good episode. Yeah, okay, so mine, yes. mine is this is gonna be kind of weird. I was looking back thirty years ago. Thirty years ago, I was taking a look back um, <laughs> at one of the worst seasons on Broadway. But actually, the eighties, early eighties, late eighties. Oh, was it Quilters? <laughs> no, nothing about quilters. quilters. I know. I just feel like oh, that was a bad up. year. Yeah, that was a bad year. No, my favorite thing this year, this year, this week is the 1989 Tony Awards broadcast. Oh, I've watched that before. I, it's a good one. Um, once again, f- great podcast that just came out a couple of months ago. My little Tonys. They cover a bunch of like they they actually go in depth with each of these broadcasts. They haven't done 89 yet, so I'm excited to see if they ever get to 89. Because um, here's what: how many how many years have the Tonys been going on now? 70, 80. Since 47. 47. I'm not good Carry at math. Carry the one. Oh, 60. I'm one, not good at math. 62 years. Yeah. A long time. 72 years. I mean. A long time yeah. is what we're going to say. Yeah. A long time. 72. Um, so the 1989 season, the 88-89 season, gave us such musical hits, if you remember, <clears throat> as Legs Diamond. Yes. Welcome to the club. What? I don't. What? Welcome to the club, the Cy Coleman musical. Oh, my gosh. About the divorce I, court. I totally forgot about so that. So did the people watching it. Welcome I to the club. I completely forgot that that made it right? that was on Broadway. It was at the music box. Oh I'm pointing goodness. the wrong, yeah, way. wrong way. It's at the yeah, music box. Way. It's yeah. at the music box. Wow. Um, and here were the nominees for best musical. Hmm. There were only three this year. Oh, God. Black and Blue. Yes. Which was a review. Yes. Jerome Robbins Broadway. Yes. Which was a review. A review. And Starmites. Starmites. Ooh. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah. With Liz Larson, Gabriel Berry. Yeah. And hard to be the diva. Yes. Sharon McKnight. That's right. Sharon right? McKnight. So this broadcast. Um, Wowza. Is, I have watched this. It's from the Lunt Fontaine Theater uh-huh. in 1989. Um, and it's very, very clear that they have nothing to celebrate this year. <laughs> Just right from the beginning. So Angela Lansbury comes out. This is like the fifth time she's hosting. And the last time she hosts yes. a Tony broadcast. She comes out and she sings Everything's Coming Up Roses. Yes. And the audience gives her a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. And she's so, she's actually moved. You can see like she starts to cry, which Aww. I'm like, oh, that's so that sweet. sweet. Angela. Oh, I What I really was hoping would happen, because it was on CBS, which was the same network murder she wrote was on, was like somebody had killed Jerome Robbins. <laughs> and like she solved the murder. 
during the broadcast. Like a whole like thing, like they used to do with like in the seventies. Yeah, like the Alexander Cohen, like the theme show. Hildy Parks, yeah, Hildy Parks. Hildy Parks wrote a murder mystery, exactly, and it's called Who Killed Jerome Robbins. And I think Angela's like, now my nephew will present, and he comes out with blood on his hands. Yes, exactly. And they go to they arrest him. It wouldn't be real cops; it'd be like fake cops. Yeah, it'd be like you know Jerry Orbach from Law and Order coming out and like slapping the cuffs on him. And then she's like, solves the crime. This is way more interesting than the the actual. I uh, think so. Now, come to think of it, yeah. this is what they really should have done. Should work on this. Hmm, hold on. All right. Anyway. Touch, 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 touch. <laughs> so what she so. says is after everything's coming up roses, she goes, tonight's going to be about recreating magic and celebrating moments from the past. And um, you're like, because you can't celebrate anything now, can you? <laughs> um, the first two people who win on the broadcast, it's so exciting. Tell me if these names ring a bell. Best supporting actor in a musical. Scott Wise. Oh. Best Supporting Actress in a Musical, Debbie Shapiro. Not Debbie Shapiro Gravit. No, no, no. Not Debbie Gravit. Debbie Shapiro. Two previous guests. I love Um, it. One of the things I really like about this broadcast, to be honest with you, is even though the season is not so hot, the speeches are very lovely. Oh, really? Yeah, they're all very, like, lovely and short and charming. Um, Christine Baranski wins Best Supporting Actress. Oh. For Rumors. Oh. The the perennial high school play. (laughs) You can't leave high school without having done at least one production of Rumors. <laughs> Rumors and Agnes of God, yeah. <laughs> okay, no, they don't do Agnes of God in okay, high school. They right. do it in college. Right, 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 right. But thank you for trying to Inserted. incorporate my just, loves. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> I literally just spit all over Spitting my computer. That's I spit all over my computer. Um, the best musical clips that they show are actually kind of cool. They have Ruth Brown and Linda Hopkins from Black and Blue. Mm-hmm. I would love to have seen Black and Blue. Mm-hmm. Like, can we bring that back? Yeah. Where's that? Or bring a rubber bottle yeah. of that. The Jerome Robbins Broadway, which is the Robbins montage, mm-hmm. which is fabulous. Because, like, where else are you going to see we this? We need that. Yes. Um, they do, like, high-button shoes. And they yes. do filler on the roof. And they do <laughs> West Side Story. Mambo. And then, of course, Star Mites. We are the Star Mites. The mighty Star Mites. <laughs> That's literally the a, song. There is a. They made a cast recording of it years later. Oh, I think they made a couple of cast. How, how, there is some shows. Why am I whispering? There is some there's shows, some Kevin. Shows. Like World of the Worlds. That you're like, <laughs> not only do they have a cast recording, there's like two cast recordings yeah. out yeah. there. I won't name, I won't say anything on air. Wait, but, what? I don't <laughs> read lips. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you later. Okay, right. <laughs> there's just a couple that I'm like, how did you get not one, but it's two? Called, it's called Vanity Project. Oh. It's called Someone's Got Money in the Pockets. Give me the money. <laughs> I like the money. But okay, yes. they used to do these at the Tonys, and they don't do it anymore, and it makes me upset, but they did it in this 1999 broadcast, and I think it's really important that we should go back to doing it. They presented two to three minute scenes from the plays. Oh, the old, well, how do we represent the plays? I don't, conversation. What, what is the issue with how they used to do it? Which is like Colleen Dewhurst would come out and be like, Wendy Washington's The Heidi Chronicles. <laughs> It's a story of a woman finding her and identity. The, the music would play underneath. Yes, exactly. Like, exactly. And it was always like a serious actress like coming out to explain it. It beats when they sat in a semicircle and just like read monologues from the shows. <laughs> you almost did a spit take. That was the Remember laziest. That? It was so. Like, I think that was 2000, I feel like James Earl Jones was there. And that was, was the like, laziest what broadcast. What is going on, you guys? I think he even said that at one point. What like, the fuck is happening? <laughs> it's like, it's really? okay, James. Let's just have you all sit together and just That was talk. so... Bizarre. Not as bizarre is the one in the early 90s where they were like, this is how a play gets produced. First of all, there's auditions. 
Yes. And like they brought out like the actors from Sisters Rosenzweig. Right. And they were auditioning for like Angels in America. It's just weird. And it was like, it was like, what what is happening? Yeah, and like good points for trying, but guys. But guys, what is wrong with this? Which yeah. is like, this is the ferryman. It's about a group of people that are stuck together during an iron. In this scene, she's just found out that he's done this. Bam, go. Boom. We yeah. get it. Well, I mean, th- when students graduate from college, that's how they get an agent. They do scenes. They so, like just do a two-minute scene. Let me see some acting. Come on. Go. So the really cool thing though is I think the four plays that they pick all of them are really lovely and they all capture something really nice first of all it's Joan Allen doing a scene from the Heidi Chronicles she didn't get to do the movie it's a brilliant performance and it we, was a career making performance and it's captured now you and know it's captured and we now get to see why she was so wonderful so you get to see that you get to see the great Pauline Collins and Shirley mm-hmm. Valentine which is a play that also sort of that was the one of the that if I if I didn't say Agnes of God I have an idea that Shirley Valentine would have been like the one <laughs> Do you know Shirley Valentine? No. It's the one-woman play about this woman. She's a it's a one-woman play. She's a British housewife, and the first act is her complaining about how like dull her life is and how she wants to escape it. And then act two is she's on a Greek Isle, and she's like, "I ran away," and she tells you the whole story of like how she got to the Greek Isle and the Greek guy she met wow. on the island. It's actually really lovely, but it's never done anymore. What's it called? Shirley, Shirley Valentine. They wow. made it into a movie. Hmm. Um, largely New York with Bill Irwin. You get to uh-huh. see Bill Irwin doing his Bill brilliant Irwin. work. My God. Yeah. But here's the thing I'm really excited about. Um, they do a two-minute scene from Lend Me a Tenor, and it's Philip Bosco and Victor Garber. And first of all, Phil Bosco, yes. he's someone I wish we had gotten on this show because he was just a journeyman actor. That's right. He was like a meat and potatoes, New Jersey, like, yeah. I'm an actor. Yeah. Um, and watching him and Victor Garber do farce together – there's nothing better. It's mm. a master class on how this play should wow. be performed. So that's something I think everybody should watch. There's also a little funny section with Steve Martin where he gives you a tutorial on how to greet a friend after a bad show. <laughs> like, how do you tell your, like, yeah, you know the show was bad. That. But things like, he's like, you are so brave. Oh, that's good. Or your performance is what everyone told me it was going to be. So, <laughs> so I was so it's really really funny. So anyway, take a look at it. It's it's the 1989 Tony Awards. Oh, I forgot to mention the big thing. So at the end, they do this is really sweet. They do something called unexpected moments where Angela Lansbury comes out and talks about like three songs in musicals that turned a whole show around. Oh. And so she talks about uh, memory from Cats and Betty Buckley comes out and sing Cats, sings from Cats. And then she talks about Little Night Music and she sings Send in the Clowns. Oh. But in the middle, folks, she talks about company. And she says, well, you know, the last number in Boston wasn't working and so they replaced it with a song called Being Alive. And here to sing it is Larry Kurt. Oh, yeah. Two years and one day after he sings Being Alive on that stage, he dies. And you can tell he's sick. You look yeah, at him and it's yeah. very clear he's he's ill. He's one of the many, many people that we lost to AIDS. Yeah. Um, if nothing else, if you've got no t- if you don't want to watch the whole broadcast, at least go to watch Larry Kurt sing Being Alive. Because I think he knows. Watching him, I mm. think he knows. Oh man. Um, and like I said, two years to a, to the day yeah. later he passes Jeez. away. Um, it's a really fabulous broadcast. The season might not have been all that fabulous. I want to check it out. But it's I think it's a really, really interesting yeah. broadcast because it gives you so many little samples of things. And like I said, the speeches are great. You're getting that late eighties fashion. You got Christine Shoulder Baranski. pads. Shoulder pads. Yes. Christine Baranski's got hair up to here. Bangs very high for days. Up Bangs yeah. for days. <laughs> and of course, you get Isabel Stevenson coming out, telling you about the American theater wing. Fast forward every time. <laughs> I was always like, oh, that was time to go to the bathroom. Break. Yeah. And I was like, and now 
a message from the president of the American Theater Wing, Isabel Stevenson. She always pre-recorded it. I'm like, where are you? You can't come in live for this? Always pre-recorded with a little gloss on the camera, I think, yeah, to yeah, make her look pretty good. On there. And little. she just like tells you these stories, and I'm like, thanks, Isabel. That's great. The American Theater Wing. But I think if somebody came in and auditioned for me, and they did Isabel Stevenson's American Theater Wing speech as a monologue, I would hand them the script and be like, you just tell me what role you want. Whatever you want. And we'll go from there. <laughs> we'll go from there. Um, that could be your next impre- impression. You Isabel Stevenson? Yeah, yeah, you could work I got to work. Somebody suggested yeah. I, I should do Mrs. Roper from Three's <laughs> Company, but I need a moo-moo for that. Um, and also, oh, we didn't even talk about shows. Have you seen any shows lately? No, I've not seen anything. I saw Fiddler on the Roof oh, in Yiddish. Yes. Very moving. Really? Very moving. Very moving. Oh, wonderful. I'm sorry. I was not a huge fan of the last production of Fiddler on the Roof that was on Broadway. The, uh, not the Alfred Molina. I no. loved the Alfred Molina. Me too. I, I nobody else loved did. it. That I was David it. Laveau directed it. Kevin Stites was the music director. I that loved was amazing. It. But no, you're talking about the one. The, yes, the, that was the at the reason. Broadway theater. Yeah, just yeah. The, mm-hmm. just not my cup of tea. Yep. Sure, 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 sure. But this, I think, is such a beautiful interpretation of the mm-hmm. play, regardless of the fact that they're speaking Yiddish, because that that's like a novelty. Mm-hmm. You, right, you know, right, that's right, what right. gets people in. Beyond that, though. Be absolutely beautiful production, wow. and seeing it performed in Yiddish yeah. is very heart wrenching. I don't know about you. Are you like one of those Ancestry.com individuals? I got my DNA done. I'm horrible. I'm. I have no interest in that. Yeah. I have no interest in that. But watching Fiddler for the first time, I was so interested. In thinking to myself, like, where hey, did my family come from? Right? Did they go through something like this? Did yeah. They have to like travel and leave their home, and and I think you know what I think it was. This is so weird. Model mm-hmm. is that model the Taylor? Yes, of course. Taylor in German is Schneider. So my well, last name isn't that interesting. is Taylor. The story from my family, and I don't know if it's true or not, is that when my family came to Ellis Island, that our last name wasn't Schneider, that uh, whoever had come over was confused by the question and thought occupation was last name. Mm-hmm. And he was a tailor, so he put down, I'm a Schneider. Oh, my goodness. And so it sort of has stuck ever since. That's, I don't know. I wa- think you should explore, Rob. I kind of, wa- watching kinda that like- fiddler, I was like, I'm yeah. really interested. It was. It's a beautiful production. Oh, Joel man. Gray directs it brilliantly. Good job, and Joel Steven Gray. Skybell, who's Tevya, is so so moving. I saw Lolita, my love. Yes, you did. Not going to see that again ever uh. again. That <laughs> shows. Not, I mean, impre- that show's never coming back. I must say, I'm impressed how much you know. Sometimes New York does these shows, and we, you know, they're a little under the radar, and people, you know, the same yeah. people go to see them. But I was impressed at how many people were talking about this Lolita, my love. It was like, all over was, the place. It really was articles being written. People were talking about it on social media. So I was, I was happy that at least it drew, it created a discussion. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, you're, when are you going to see this show again? Yeah, no, it's you not, know what I mean. Not, it's, no. it's it's nice when they. It's, they a, it's a it's a history. It's a it's a museum piece. Yeah, really. And yeah, yeah, I yeah. appreciate theater for that effect as well. I think it's important to know what all the shows that were hits, it's good to know what didn't make it. Why didn't it make it? What can Absolute, we learn from that? You absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Um, and then coming up is I Married an Angel in Encores. I know. It's a very interesting show. Are you familiar with it? Uh, no, but I'm I'm impressed that, they're, that they've picked that. You know, po- I, everyone always has a, I, opinions about what Encores does for their seasons always. But, you know, I thought, wow, that's Rogers and, and Hart. It's yeah, and so originally it was George Balanchine directed and choreographed it, yes. and he did it for his wife. Yes. Vera Zarina, is that yes. her name? Yes. Um, and this time it's sort of like mirrored because it's Josh Bergast uh-huh. directing and choreographing it, and his wife is starring in That's it. Sweet, I like that. Who's a principal dancer at the New York City Ballet, oh, so yeah. it's kind of cool. Yeah. We'll be seeing that soon. We're seeing Be More Chill pretty soon. I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited too. Yeah. I just bought my tickets to Clinton, Hillary and Clinton, oh. the Laurie Metcalf, John Lithgow play. Oh, wow. I'm going to go first preview. Tonight, I'm seeing King Lear 
Oh, with Glenda with Jackson. Glenda, I'm very nervous. Royal Majesty. I bought a Fitbit. I've, I've just been noticing this on your I wrist right now. I bought a Fitbit, and I don't know. Like, I'm a little worried. Like, how do I shut it off? So, like during the show, it's Does not it like it buzzes. Like, if I get a text message or an email. Oh, but I have no idea yeah, how to I shut this off. I don't want. My worst fear is that Glenda Jackson stops the show and is like, "Who's the man with the watch?" I hear a Fitbit in the audience. <laughs> from she would J one oh one. Oh dear God! I got them on TDF. I don't know where I'm sitting. Okay. Also, once again, God bless TDF. Because I see so many shows on there for cheap, and I'm always share show. I, I paid forty three dollars. Always, I was in the orchestra. Always, on the aisle. I, th- I, I'm, I, I've said it once. I've said it again. I'm convinced that they fill out those orders first because it's a, it's a not for profit. It's, it's, it's a donation thing. It, I feel like they go there first, and then they go to Today Ticks and all the other places that you get your tickets. Absolutely, I do. I, do. I think that I always have. When I saw Indecent, we, we were on, we were in the orchestra on the aisle. I mean, it was like incredible seats. Oh, so God so yeah. bless them. Thank Thanks, you, TDF. If you're not a member, go get your cheap seats. It's a, it's like a $35, $50, you know, fee for the year. It pays for itself oh as soon God. as you buy the seats. They're like, they're so good. Yeah. Anyway. As, soon, as soon as you buy one ticket, you're like, I've, yeah, I've yeah. paid for the year. And tis the season. This is the season to go see stuff because, right, I mean, this is the Spring. time. Because it's, the, it, you know, the audiences are not full. You go in a Wednesday night, the theater's going to be empty. Go see audiences anything. are not full and you're going to get inundated mm-hmm. with all these great shows that yeah. are coming out competing for I the gotta do this. I got to Now I've got my evenings free. So I'm yeah, gonna, but King I'm Lear's on there. So I'm seeing that tonight. Great. Yeah. Okay. Well, this was fun. Till hey, next time. We'll see you in two weeks, everybody. Bye. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.